Hello there, woman beings. Hi. Today, on this episode of the Woman Being Podcast, we're going to be talking about someone that you love, that we love, that we all love. It's Britney, bitch. So, (laughs) strap in. We're going to get started and talk about all the good things about the documentary that came out called Free Framing Britney? Framing Britney Spears. Framing Britney Spears. So the New York Times. New York Times. Let's get started. (laughs) Welcome to the Woman Being Podcast community, where we explore thoughts and opinions and have the freedom to change our minds without expectation or judgment. We will hold a safe space and support each other as we navigate together in the form of feminine. Woman Beings, for those of you that don't know, there's a new documentary. Well, I guess it's not. Well, yeah, it is new. I think February 2nd was when it came out um, of this year. And it is about basically the story of Britney Spears, how she became Britney, her journey. It follows a lot of like like paparazzi and press and people that were on her team and worked with her and moving into a lot of the legal issues she is facing now with something called conservatorship. A conservacy. No, a conservatorship. Conservatorship. Dang it. Conservationing. Yeah. A conferencing. <laughs> a confronting. A Confrontership. Conservatorship degree. is the legal term. Conservatorship. Which means? Basically, you don't get to make your own decisions. It's, so it's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, when someone when there's like an Eldor or Eldor. 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 Okay. I am Eldor. Yes, she does play D and D if you're wondering. <laughs> when there's an Eldor That's the name of her character. Who, you know, is out of their mind or, you know, as people lose function and ability yeah. to manage their finances and their own, you know, yeah. health decisions and stuff, usually a person will step in, a family member usually, who manages their finances and their personal decisions. And so mm-hmm. Brittany, after the kind of breakdown in 2008, mm-hmm. had her father take conservatorship over her person and her finances. Mm-hmm. And so as of recently, and this is kind of what the documentary covers, is she's fighting against his control over her estate and so yeah which by the way she's worth about 60 million dollars in case you're wondering so uh it's not a small amount of money obviously um so yeah we're here to talk about it so ladies i must know before we get started what are your early impressions of Britney Spears? Do you remember when Baby One More Time came out? Do you remember, like, when she did the head shave thing? Like, what did you think of Britney growing up? I loved Britney growing up. <laughs> um, I actually think that she, her album was one of the first I ever owned. Wow. Um, maybe, I think I only had Kids Bop albums before I owned... Uh, Britney Spears's album. I forget the name of the album, but it's the one with Oops, I Did It Again on mm-hmm. it and all that good stuff. Um, I also had the Britney Spears Barbie tour bus Ooh. and the Britney Spears Barbie that went with it. The one with the pigtails? Um, no, I actually think she had, she had like shoulder length, straight blonde hair. Okay, okay. Um, and so she wasn't like dressed up like for the 
music video. Oh, okay. But it was just like, just Britney being Britney. (laughs) And so I was very into Britney Spears on a very, like, surface level sort of um, level. Like, I didn't follow her in the news because, I mean, what was the news? I was in, like, third grade, literally, (laughs) when I was here listening to her. And um, I didn't, like, keep up with what was going on with her. I just really liked that album and had the tour bus. (laughs) Um, I do remember... Uh, it was my birthday. Uh, I don't remember what birthday it was. It must have been, um, let me think. It was like 2008, right? Mm-hmm. So that must eighth have grade. been my... No, ninth grade. It was eighth. It was my eighth grade birthday. Um, and so yep. it must have been when I turned 14. Uh, I was having a birthday party at a hotel and I remember seeing on the news screens at the hotel where they had the continental breakfast um, that Brittany had just shaved her head. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then I like carried on because I didn't really care about her that much at that point. I was in eighth grade by then. And so I just wasn't really listening to Britney Spears anymore. But mm-hmm. I remember that happening and sort of being like, oh, she's crazy, whatever. And just sort of brushing it off. Mm. Um, and that's honestly... All I really cared about Britney Spears until now. Until <laughs> at today. All. Yeah, I think, like, for me, I grew up in a very conservative home. Britney was bad. Britney Spears was bad. Her songs were bad. Don't listen to her songs or her music, which I still heard them, like, through other people's. I think mm-hmm. I had one of those little, um, do you guys remember those? The, the little radios? Yeah, the little radios where you could, like, put different songs in yes! it and it would play. and it played what one song. What are those called? I don't remember what those are called, but I think I had, like, Hit Me Baby in in that at some point. So um, but, like, to me, Britney Spears was always kind of this distant, crazy, like, bad woman who was crazy. Mm. Mm. So when she shaved her head in 2008, I was like... Okay, yeah, of course, because Britney's crazy, and that makes sense. Mm. And, you know, she's probably the butt of many of my jokes. Not many, (laughs) but, like, the occasional joke. Like, she was just, like, the crazy woman celebrity. Yeah. I mean, I remember, gosh, similar. I remember there was a girl on the playground that had one of those little radios with, like, the song, and it was Hit Me Baby One More Time. And I was like, that is the best song I've ever heard. (laughs) I was also raised very Christian, very conservative, and we didn't just, we just didn't really listen to pop music. Um, But somehow I just knew about Britney, and I, like, really liked her and, like, looked up to her, and Mm -hmm. I thought her outfits were so cute. And, um, yeah, I remember going to church the following Sunday after the head shave situation and everyone was talking about it. And it made me like so sad because it felt like everyone was like judging her. But I was also like, this person's a celebrity and like, we have no idea what this person's going through. And I didn't really like engage. I just kind of like detached. But then I also, fun fact, I got tutoring for dyslexia most of my school age life and um me and my teacher Paula Mall were sitting in our classroom and doing our my work and I noticed her class had made like all these posters of like we love Britney 
Oh. And I thought it was so sweet that they were, like, showing so much support of this person that they didn't know. But, like, to me, like, that school resembled more of, like, Jesus than, like, my church people did mm. in mm. that situation. I remember, too, in college when head shaving became cool. It was, like, 2014-ish mm-hmm. time period. I remember sitting on, like, I think a school bus. Like, we had a bus system that ran through this the school. And thinking, like, oh, Brittany was ahead of her time, and we did her a severe disservice. She was totally ahead Brittany of her would have been cool today. And oh, we, yeah. like, hated her back then for that. Mm-hmm. And now everyone's doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We it's owe like her an new, apology. Like, or not not even woke. It's just, like, the feminist thing. Like, like cool at some girl. level. Well, in some ways, it's fashion. Like, yeah. there's a lot of different, like, decisions that go into shaving your head. It's not just, right. like, yeah, whatever. But, yeah, like, I'm just, like... We owe her an apology. I remember yeah. having this very <laughs> strong feeling like we did Brittany wrong. <laughs> yeah. And another thing that you can't forget, which I don't know if you guys were exposed to this or not. We didn't talk about it beforehand, but is um, Chris Crocker, who came out with the YouTube video, Leave Brittany Alone. Were you guys... No. Informed of this. No. This was a huge viral YouTube video right after the head shaving and everything had happened. And it's this man in, like, makeup and a wig sobbing to a camera Mm -hmm. with, like, this weird curtain behind him. And he's just crying, like, Mm -hmm. leave Britney alone. What did she ever do to all of you? And it was this huge viral video, not because people were sympathetic to it, but because they thought it was so funny that this guy was in makeup and crying about Britney Spears. And he was, like, as far as my knowledge is, he was actually very sincere. Yes. um, And was probably one of the original like free britney people because yeah. free britney which is a hashtag that's been circulating about this conservatorship that we'll talk about more later has been a movement happening ever mm-hmm. since the conservatorship started mm-hmm. so um that's another thing that i thought of just now that yeah. was like a yeah. very um relevant memory i'm sure that video it probably has like hundreds of millions of oh, views absolutely. Um, but it was a huge thing where, and people would always make fun of it and be like, leave Britney alone. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, um, it was a, a, a joke. Yeah, which you know? also, wow. for those of you that don't know, Britney is like a big icon in the LGBTQ plus community, in the um, drag queen community. Like, it, she is a big icon for those people. Yeah. Um, and so she has a very devoted following even today, mm-hmm. um, which is... So interesting with this kind of situation and seeing how those things will come into play. Um, so what did you think about the documentary? Was anything surprising to you? Tell me your thoughts. I think the thing that stood out to me the most, well, there's a couple of things, um, was number one, the way the media treated her. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of examples of like just blatant, misogyny towards her in the interview questions that were directed at her and the type of conversations that were chosen to have like in interviews and things like that and in the paparazzi abuse I would say Mm -hmm. and then um but the one the one thing that really stuck out to me is when she did shave her head they showed kind of some images of that happening and her sentiment the whole time was just like I just want you to leave me alone I just want people to stop 
touching me. Mm-hmm. And hair, I think, is like such a like attractive, like iconic, I don't know, identity related attribute of a woman. Mm-hmm. And um, that just like really hit me that like in a sense, she was trying to like make herself repulsive. She was trying to remove something that was causing all of this crazy attention mm-hmm. that was like both erotic like erotic towards her and like lusting after her but at the same time like was destroying her life mm-hmm. and just like vilifying her and making her out to be this terrible crazy person and she was just like okay fine just leave me alone then like mm-hmm. i'm gonna make myself reprehensible to you essentially was her yeah. sentiment and that just like I don't know, like, that. that's scary. Like, just the thought of, like, some people grabbing at your hair, just the imagery of that to me is, like, gross. Mm-hmm. But then on top of that, just knowing, like, oh, in her heart, she had been, like, so overwhelmed by the amount of attention that she was receiving, and it was not good attention. And mm-hmm. so it led her to this, like, dramatic, mm-hmm. which nowadays, shaving your head's not very dramatic, but, like, at the time, it was a very dramatic yeah. act that was, like, okay, I'm done, like move on with your lives and go pay attention to somebody else essentially mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and that that like just kills me that's mm-hmm. so sad yeah which is actually interesting to think about like how the media has evolved since then because what like the shape the head shaving was how long ago 2008 like, so 2008 10 years ago that was like just but not like 20 you know yeah. like it, it's not that long ago and like how much the media has shifted since then. Like, now someone shaves their head and you're like, okay, like, yeah. good job. That would not get a news article. And it was, like, all over the place. Like, it was, like, on news stations. It was on magazines, newspapers. It was everywhere. And I'm, like, shocked that, like, something like that got so much attention. Yeah. Well, I don't pay close attention to the tabloids really mm-hmm. now. I think when I was younger, I did. But... Um, it also feels like the news itself doesn't really address as many of those things anymore, but like social media is where, and like the comment sections are mm-hmm. where like those sort of crazy vilification situations happen now. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not so much about like, oh, the tabloids, you know, said all these terrible things about whatever celebrity. It's like, oh, people are like cyber harassing mm-hmm. someone posting a picture, like Harry Styles you know, posing in a dress and, God you know, forbid. like that sort of thing. It's not like the news is vilifying him. It's actual, like, people on social media. Right. Yeah. I think that, too, I mean, I think that has a lot to do with, like, the way that we consume news now. And, yeah. like, also mm-hmm. how varied our news outlets can be. And then also how inundated we are with, like, celebrities now. Yeah. I think that we have more and more, like, like there's so many icons. And there's like little niches. That there's, there's, yeah. yeah, it's like every like icon um, of a celebrity sort of applies to a different niche of people, and you're not really aware of the other ones outside of your niche mm-hmm. to an extent. Um, but one thing that did surprise me as well was, along with the news, was just seeing like these very big name news casters that I'm like used to seeing and like associating with the news and like in the 2000s um, talking about her. Yeah. And I'm like, this isn't, like, the news. Right. You know, like, this is just an update on this person's life who happens to be a singer, you know? (laughs) And so that was, like, 
strange to me to see. I'm like, I feel like you're a more serious news, like a more serious journalist or um, mm-hmm. reporter than you seem like to me right now. Yeah. While you're talking like, about let's Britney talk Spears. About shaving head incident. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Um, but I think as well, like hearing about stuff with Justin Timberlake. Um, yeah. I wasn't super aware of them mm-hmm. dating. Like I I knew somehow in through the cultural ether I had absorbed the fact that they had dated at one point. Mm-hmm. And I knew that they had shown up to an event in the all denim outfits at one point. And Iconic. that's basically all I knew about Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears. Um but hearing about how uh she was how like their breakup happened um, and the way that they were both treated mm. within that breakup by news outlets and by paparazzi and stuff like that was kind of wild to me. And like the fact that there was like a tell all special where it was just Britney Spears getting asked about her personal life. And some of those questions were about Justin Timberlake. And I'm like, part of me is like, who cares? First of (laughs) all, like, it shouldn't be a big news spot, like we already said. But um, also, like, getting to see her in interviews was really interesting to me because I actually don't know that I've ever watched an interview with Britney Spears. Mm -hmm. And so I was actually... I mean, I'm kind of ashamed to say that I was surprised at how um, well-spoken she was. Mm. Uh, because I think, you know, to to an extent that uh, narrative of Britney just being crazy and just being mm-hmm. um, totally out of her mind and um, also being this, like, little girl from a little town in Louisiana, like, I assumed that she would not be eloquent. Mm. Um and she actually said a lot of things that felt very um, feminist. Progressive. Yeah, very yeah. sure. Ahead of her time. Yeah. Super uh, ahead of her where time. Where she would be asked about, um, well, like, how do you how do you feel about all these moms that hate you because you're giving a bad image to their children because you are too sexy and and too provocative and they look up to you? And she her response is, well, I, it's not my job to babysit their children. It's, <laughs> it's not, that's not my role. Mm-hmm. I am here to make the art that I make mm-hmm. and to do my job. Mm-hmm. And that's not on, like, if I'm the one who's responsible for what your children receive, then you're doing something wrong yep. as a parent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that was definitely, like, a surprise to me, which I'm, like, ashamed to admit because... Um, just the 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 ways that uh, different media outlets have talked about mm-hmm. her has you know become part of my view of her mm-hmm. over time. Yeah, yeah, I think definitely like some of the interviews. I'm like, oh, she's like such a sweet like person, and she's mm-hmm. so. I mean, she put up with so much shit. Like mm-hmm. some of the questions that these news people are asking, like, are you a virgin? let's here's the question we're all wondering tell us about your breasts like like what like crazy things that are like or you have such pretty eyes do you have a boyfriend like some the stupidest stuff Mm -hmm. and she just like gracefully sort of takes it yeah and she's kind but she doesn't necessarily feed into Mm -hmm. the like disgusting nature of the questions as a Mm -hmm. whole so i was yeah like i found her very endearing and and i'm sure that's part of the reason that she 
had so much fame and people mm-hmm. loved her so much was because of her personality. Yeah. Yeah. She's really, yeah, she seems really, really sweet, really down to earth. And, um, I mean, obviously, I don't know Britney Spears. <laughs> um, but actually, Emma, what you were saying about, like, the perception of her uh, makes me think, actually, about Paris Hilton, who is someone that people genuinely, generally think she's actually very dumb. But mm-hmm. that's, like, actually a persona she puts on. She's actually very smart, very eloquent, very well-read, well-educated. I think she went to Harvard. Like, she went to, like, an Ivy League school, and I think – don't quote me on this, but I think she has a master's degree. Like, she is a smart cookie. And these women of the late 90s, early 2000s, they just learned how to work the system. Like, we mm-hmm. were interested in the innocent, um, dumb girl next door, and they profited off of that. And, like, that's what I feel like Brittany, what she did so well that people were engaged with is she was innocent and sexy at the same time and people were uncomfortable but also wanted didn't want to look away and it's like Mm. that interesting like she profited off of that and that's what i find interesting about these like celebrities like from this this era specifically like they figured out how to monetize on public perception which is so intriguing to me i mean that's still a thing, though. Oh, totally. You know? Kim Kardashian. Exactly. Brilliant businesswoman. Classic example. With yeah. That. Yeah. It's just, it's so intriguing. Um, so I'd love to know, like, what are your thoughts on the media's role? Like, we touched on it a little bit. Um, I mean, I was shocked as well in the interviews. Some as young as, like, I think she was 10. And this guy was like, this creepy old guy was like, do you have a boyfriend? And she's like, no. I don't. Like, she says, boys are gross. Boys are, boys are gross. And he goes, well, what about me? And I'm like, And she creepy? was like, I don't know. I don't know. It depends. <laughs> what like, is 10-year-old supposed to say? Yeah. I mean, the, a lot of shocking things about how she was treated in the media and even how she was made to look like the bad guy in her and Justin Timberlake's breakup. P.S. Justin Timberlake, since this documentary came out, has publicly apologized to Britney and how he treated her and all the things. Um, But I'd love to know thoughts on the media, how she was portrayed, and how it potentially influenced her story, because I feel like there was a huge role in that. I mean... At least, at least how the documentary paints it, because I'm not like well researched into the life and history of Britney Spears. But at least from what I could tell from the documentary, it seems like the media like drove her crazy. Mm-hmm. Like they started out loving her and she loved them back, and there's sort of this great relationship that she had. But like as time progressed. They started posting images of her, painting her as this crazy person and mother. And especially in the Timberlake breakup, he's claiming, I think he claimed she cheated on him. And so he implied. He implies it through his song. Sure. And so all of these media outlets come out to Britney then and they're asking her, like, what did you do, really? What did you do? Like, Mm -hmm. assuming that it was her fault somehow, even though, like, nobody knows either side of the story really from like a full perspective and so that just like blows my mind like the questions people were willing to ask the privacy people were not protecting like 
I don't know. I think I would go crazy if I were treated that way. Just like walking through crowds of paparazzi, Mm -hmm. people getting in fights right in front of you because they're not getting it. Like, that's scary. It's so scary. And she has kids at that point as well. Yeah, she's like like holding her baby in the middle of a paparazzi crowd. Trying to get through. And it's interesting, too, because, like, they have this this guy on who either used to be or still is a paparazzi. And it was interesting because he was talking about how you get sucked into it at first. And I was like, oh, okay, so this guy is not a paparazzi anymore. But then he kind of defended himself. And he was like, well, it was like an equal exchange. She needed us. We needed her. And then the interviewer at one point asked, like, well, like, did you ever think to, like, leave her alone? He was kind of like, I didn't. well, she didn't want us to leave her alone. And she's like, what about when she said, leave me alone? He's like, she meant for the day. I was like, that is the dumbest answer I've ever heard. Yeah. I mean, and with that, like, he, like, he, he, he talks about how, like, she was very into the paparazzi at first when she first started really blowing up and coming famous. He's like, oh, she was so nice to us. She would wave and, like, pose and blah, blah, blah. It's like, sure, you know. She's excited. She's just become famous. She has all of a sudden has all of this attention and um, she's young and doesn't have children or really like a private life, you know, like she Mm -hmm. is like, what, 18. (laughs) So uh, that they like looking at that reaction and saying, well, that must be how she felt all the time. Mm -hmm. That's totally Invalid. Like, it actually, it reminds me, it's a similar mentality to um, consent and sex. Yes. So, like, you can consent to having sex with somebody and then change your mind and say, no, never mind, I don't want to have sex. And if you persist in having sex with that person, you are raping them. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. Even if Brittany, like, enjoyed and liked having her photo taken, enjoyed the attention at first, if she later decided, I actually don't want this, Mm -hmm. you are violating her. Mm Yeah. And you are, you're breaking, like, social contract with this person. Mm -hmm. Um, And just because even if one day and then the next day she says something different, that is her choice Mm -hmm. and that is her privacy. Mm -hmm. And, like, the thought even of just walking out of your car just to go like you see footage in the documentary of her and a friend literally just trying to sit down at what looks like a Mexican restaurant Mm -hmm. and they are sitting in their booth and there's just people on top of them taking photos just flashing incessantly like how do you even function Mm -hmm. how do you do anything also that was before DoorDash that was before you could, like, yes. you had to go get shit for yourself. Like, you couldn't send someone, like, like that. It was a different time. Like, you still did was. your own stuff back then. Yeah, well, and I think of, too, like, I think the documentary does a good job of showing just the many, many, many scenes in which Britney is being just, like, swarmed Mm -hmm. by paparazzi and it kind of leads up to this final moment where she takes out an umbrella and like smashes this guy's car because they will not leave her alone shortly after her head shaving the same guy who they interviewed i feel like they i feel like they baited him a little bit oh definitely and then like cornered him and made him look like kind of an idiot which i'm like okay that's fine sorry guy um (laughs) you deserve it but um she like hits their car and she's like 
Leave me alone. By the way, this is right after she loses custody of her children. Right. So she's already having a shit time. Her head is shaved. She's like trying to see her kids. These paparazzi are like harassing her. And after years of abuse and having, you know, terrible pictures of her taking taken and stories spun about her life and whatever. And that she's a bad mother. Yeah. Like crazy stuff. She like hits his car with an umbrella. And I'm like... Yes, I would do that too. Yeah. Like, there's no way anybody could go through that kind of pressure and not, like, freak out at some point. And, yeah. of course, the pictures of crazy Britney attacking someone's car are the ones that circulate. And it's like... And make millions. Millions yeah. of dollars. So much money. And no one's thinking, like, hmm, is this ethical? Like... Yeah. They're just yeah. continuing to paint her as crazier and crazier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's actually, as you're saying that, I think about uh, my, when I was in college, uh, I studied photography and we had to talk a lot about the ethics of photography mm. um, and how we have, like, we want to express our artistic vision in the photographs that we take but we also have a responsibility to not exploit people with Mm -hmm. our photographs. Um, So, for example, I did a lot of photography with different vulnerable populations, like um, within a soup kitchen um, or photographing people on the street and things like that. And it was like finding... We talked a lot about finding that balance um, in, like, sharing stories, sharing things that we think are important to share, um, and also giving people dignity mm. um, while, like, dealing with the... Because there... I mean, I can say that I've felt the uh, desire to exploit for the, the like, sensationalism of an image mm-hmm. uh, because that will get more uh, attention than an image that might be more actually respectful towards Mm. those people. Um, So I think about that and, like, I can see a bit of that. I can see why that there's that desire there. But, like, that's something that um, I feel like paparazzi don't go through that kind of training, if you will. No, not at all. They don't go through, even, like, with journalism. Like, you have to know about the, the ethical and proper way to talk about current events um and paparazzi are just hired and sent out to just go take photos of celebrities and follow them around and with with no second thought of is this exploitative or not and in some ways to do that job like you have to rationalize you know like Mm -hmm. i feel like there's no way that you can live your life as a paparazzi photographer and not have some sort of like strange rationalization in your brain for why it's a good thing because i mean like you can't live with yourself mm-hmm. yeah you know yeah and i mean and they even in the documentary they also interview uh, a man who was uh the head over photography for us weekly yeah. i believe for a long um, time 10 years and uh he says a line that was something along the lines of oh we weren't trying to like put these celebrities that we photographed in a bad light, we were just allowing our customers to to share in enjoying these celebrities. Like, and, bullshit. like, getting to see this aspirational life that they want to know more about. And it's like, 
okay, so this aspirational life that you're wanting, your your customers are wanting to see is watching a woman who's having a really terrible breakdown because her children have been taken away from her and she's shaved her head and she's being constantly followed by paparazzi hitting a paparazzi's truck with an umbrella that's the aspirational life that you're wanting to share in no like that's a that's a load of crap like you're wanting to give people something that's sensational and that's exciting and and scandalous yeah because that's what's gonna sell your magazine yeah Mm -hmm. and it's not there's no thought to like the well-being of the person who you're like microscoping Mm -hmm. yeah or even her poor children like there was this scandal of where of Brittany holding her baby in her arms as she drove and everyone was like freaking out she's like she's a terrible she's mother. a terrible mom she's an unfit mother like all these things and when she was asked about it in an interview she was like i mean yeah people were swarming my car and I had my son. My son was crying. People were banging on my windows. I just wanted to get out of there. And it's like any rational person absolutely would want to get out of that situation. Yeah. And it's it's just kind of crazy to me that that we put celebrities in these high-pressure, intense situations, and then we scrutinize them when it's like, oh, you didn't handle that the way I would have handled that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you will never have to actually handle anything like that. <laughs> well, we And we don't even consider, like, how I would have handled it because we're not – we don't even care about the context of the story. Mm-hmm. We're just like, oh, I just saw an image and that's a terrible thing for a mother to do. Therefore, she's awful. Yeah. Like, like, I would – I mean – I just think of the fanfare that requires putting a baby in a baby seat in the Mm -hmm. back of a car. Like, imagine doing that with, like, paparazzi literally in your face. Like, we we watched up against you. Like, they're touching you. Like, you've got your kid. Like, Mm -hmm. in my mind, she did the safest thing for her kid. Mm -hmm. And that, like, that's not the story that gets told. Well, the thing is, too, is, I mean, with photography, there's so much that can be left out. And so, like, in the image that you see, you don't see all the paparazzi that are there. Mm-hmm. You just see a photo of the front seat with Britney Spears driving and her baby in her arms. Mm-hmm. You don't see all the paparazzi that were crowding her mm-hmm. as she did this because they're they're zooming in. They're not showing you the whole image. And she started driving away, so they can't be on top of her anymore. But, mm-hmm. like... You don't like the the common people who are looking at these magazine covers and going, "Oh no, Britney's yeah. horrible." Yeah, they they aren't seeing it and they're not there. Yeah, and another thing that the documentary mentions too is like her dad used to drive her in his lap. Mm-hmm. Like, d- yeah, they lived whatever. in the middle of nowhere in Louisiana. Of course, he did. Yeah, like, freaking like ten year olds drive semis down there. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my husband was driving a combine by the time he was 14. I don't even know what a combine is. Oh, it's a very expensive, very large piece of machinery. (laughs) That's the thing. She's coming from that culture and then also is in this crisis situation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just... And that's the thing, too. Like, as I'm not a mom... Uh, I have a mom, but like if you, too. you two, oh good. Yeah, we we all have moms actually. I, yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you had to Nailed check. it. We are winning. Um, but like, like I know my mother, if she was in that kind of a situation, she would do whatever it took 
to get out of that kind of situation. And even, and you know, whatever feels safe. Like if it feels safer to hold me, like, or to hold a child in their, in your arms and like drive away, like that's what any mother would do. Like, it's not like, oh, safety first. Let me fight through this crowd of people so I can strap my baby into her car seat take an extra five to 10 minutes and then drive away. Like, that's just not, that doesn't make sense. And the idea that people are like, oh, you're an unfit mother. I'm like, well, other mothers don't have to deal with that kind of a thing. So mm-hmm. it's very interesting to think about. One thing that I also thought was like super interesting about this documentary was um, kind of the Brittany as this sexual icon, which mm-hmm. is something that I've always understood her to be growing up, is that this she's this bad, you know, sexual lady. But when you watch the documentary, you realize she also had this, like, sweet, innocent, like, girl-next-door personality. Mm-hmm. And there's this tension that everybody in society was having a hard time holding, mm-hmm. which is, like, she can be, like, an innocent, kind, good person and also project a sexual image and have a sexuality at all. Yes. And so that was fascinating to me in like how the media handled that in the way that she was asked questions and like probably the Christian community like just completely completely cut her out out and things like that. It was just she had a sexuality but Mm -hmm. in her mind I, I, I felt like she didn't think that changed her like I don't know being a good person or you know yeah her being her wanting to be sexy doesn't make her a bad person Mm -hmm. yeah those things are not mutually exclusive Mm -hmm. and um one thing that i think about that she said um in an interview uh the interviewee says something like uh asking her about these quote lolita shots that have been taking of taken of her which if you're not familiar with the term lolita that's like sort of like the the innocent but also sexual um, image of a woman so it's sort of like the schoolgirl type motif or um, wearing like a baby doll dress but also the baby doll dress is like cutting off right below your vagina and like that kind of thing mm-hmm. so it's it's the sexy but innocent and uh, she had a photo shoot where she was with like baby dolls and stuff and but also sexy and she was like well who doesn't want to feel sexy like I, it's, it's nice to feel sexy sometimes Mm -hmm. and to, to just have that. And I don't know why anyone would want to, you know, not feel sexy, basically, Mm -hmm. was her response. She's like, that is a natural part of who we are. We want to be sexy sometimes. Mm -hmm. And that's totally okay. Um, And I feel like the way she talked about that was very frank with that interviewer. She was just like, this is... Yeah. This is normal. Like, why are you asking me about yeah. it? <laughs> and that's where I also felt like she was very ahead of her time. Like, yes. that, that feels very 2020. For sure. Like, that kind of approach to things. And, like, I love that she kind of broke down that barrier of, like, you know, I'm young, but I also have a sexuality. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm actually not hiding that behind a good girl persona. Yeah. yeah. And she didn't, like, seem to have a problem with them existing together. Mm-hmm. Like, it was it was almost like the media was like, why are you pretending to be one thing when you're actually this other thing? And she's like... I'm both. I'm, yeah. I am I am these both of these things. Yeah. yeah. She's <laughs> like, I'm a kind, innocent virgin. And I'm also, like a sexy powerful singer like mm-hmm. I, yeah. like I could be the both those things but yeah. it feels like we just really have a hard time reconciling that like mm-hmm. in our minds I mean I think now like you said it, 
it's becoming more prevalent to like unleash the female sexuality and mm-hmm. you know allow women to be sexy and smart and good and attractive at the same time and not like this middle or the like prude or sexual being seems yeah. to be like yeah. the two categories that you can fall within and I think those are merging but um yeah it's wild to me that she just was like what do you mean yeah yeah I love that mm-hmm. honestly and that like that really I think Brittany is the perfect example of this it's like as society we have very different expectations when it comes to like being a little perfect virgin versus being like sexy and it's we were also talking after the documentary about the difference between how uh Brittany was treated versus Justin and their breakup like for her it was like well you're still a virgin right and then for him it was like well at least you got in her pants right and it's like what brings value, quote unquote, to society is the opposite for the other. Like yeah. for the woman, you better stay untouched. But for the man, it's like, well, at least you got some, right? Yeah, that double uh, standard was definitely really prevalent. And uh, you see so much of just like the sexuality of these people in general being uh, this huge object of of discussion mm-hmm. um, amongst Somehow people. it's everyone's business. Yes, yeah. it's, it's oh, like, have you had sex? Have you not had sex? Do you seem sexy? Do you seem innocent? Do you... Um, I even think of, for example, the Jonas Brothers had their purity rings back in the day that they wore. Oh, yeah. Um, and when they stopped wearing their purity rings, it was like, Wait, what? Like, well, even what when they happened? were wearing their purity rings, like it they were getting so much crap. People, like, yeah, some people, people were like, "Oh, that's amazing," them. but other people were like, "Oh my gosh, they're like these, you know, I don't even know, like sissy, yeah, boys." And, and that's actually something that the documentary talks about with Justin Timberlake as well. Is that he's painted as like sissy because he's in a boy band, um, and there's a tabloid headline that they show that basically says uh, something along the lines of uh, Justin Timberlake uh, like maybe a sissy for being in a boy band but at least he got in her pants. So into Britney Spears pants. Yes. And it's like okay so this is full blown toxic masculinity of harming everyone on all sides as it mm -hmm. always does uh, and saying that uh, Britney Spears needs to be innocent and sweet, but also sexy, but also don't have sex because then you're a slut or a whore. But also when you're dating Justin, you need to have sex with him because otherwise you're depriving him. Mm-hmm. And also he needs to have sex because he's a sissy because he sings high notes in a boy band and therefore he's not masculine enough. And therefore he needs to have sex with you, but you can't have sex. Which it's this like terrible <laughs> double crazy. standard and just like back and forth where it people society is contradicting itself Mm -hmm. in the the things that it wants because i mean it's this consistent narrative of woman has sex she is trash she is a whore she is a slut man has sex he's a king he's a god he has accomplished something which also i don't understand like how why is sex equated to being more masculine you know what I mean? Like, it's just and a why, weird concept And why in can't general. it be more feminine? Yeah. Why can't it be more feminine? Like, why is virginity, like, the epitome of, of feminism, like, being feminine? 
Right. Like, why is that? I don't know. So that's a question I don't even know the answer to. I'm <laughs> just throwing out there. No, it's a good question. And then it's sad, too, to, like, she's this young girl, and because she's young, people are like, ooh, she's too sexy, it's too much, or whatever. And then, I mean, this just circles back to conversations we have, we've had before, is, like, young women, I mean, you get your period at, like, 10, 11, 12 years old, people, public I was, service annou- I was 10. announcement. Like, that's when you start having a sex drive. Like, you have a sexuality mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. young. You mm-hmm. do. Well, and even, I mean, children, like, masturbate. Mm-hmm. And children touch themselves and are s- sexual even then, mm-hmm. like, before they've they've gone through puberty. So, I mean, it's, it's ingrained. Yeah. We... We have sex. Your hormones are still coursing through your veins. <laughs> people have hormones. People have genitals. Yeah. People have sex drives. Yes. And that doesn't mean we don't, like, you know, teach our children in the way of, you know, like, timing and, you know, waiting yeah. for the right moment and the right person, etc. Mm-hmm. But, like, just, like, any time someone young acts sexual in any way, it's, like, our eyeballs are melting out yeah. of our heads. And we act so surprised. Like, we as society are shocked. <laughs> and it was like, it's interesting, too, because, like, thinking back at that time when she, you know, everyone was asking about her, like, you're still a virgin, right? Like, it's like that was the time that everyone was so overly concerned about things like that but at the same time her sexuality is what made her success part of it was also her talent and her hard work and all these things but like her sexuality is part of what made her successful and people were mesmerized with it and I don't it's so intriguing to me that you have those two opposites in the same space so with all that in mind we're moving into the real nitty-gritty of what's happening now. We are in the present day. Now. We are in the present day. <laughs> We've been caught up. We have been caught up. In case you knew nothing about Britney Spears before now, <laughs> that was your briefing. That's the full briefing. We are prepared to talk about this now. What do you think has helped influence her to consent to having a conservatorship? Well, I think consent is a loose word here, <laughs> honestly. Absolutely. Um, because basically what the documentary outlines that happened uh, is... Oh, and also, we'll, like, we can like link the documentary for you guys to watch if you want to yeah. watch it and see everything we're talking about. It's on Hulu. Yeah, it's on Hulu, and it'll, we can link it in our description or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it talks about how right after she shaved her head had this altercation where she hit the paparazzi's car with an umbrella, which she didn't even damage his car By the very way, much. it was like a scratch. Yeah, he it was, was a scratch. Was like, I mean, like, how much dent. damage can you really do with an umbrella? Nothing. You were really, with a big truck. Like, like it's made of plastic. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Anyways. He was fine. Yeah. He was fine. Uh, but this had all happened, and then um, you find out that Brittany had also checked into a rehab facility Mm -hmm. uh it wasn't really ever specific on if it was just rehab for her mental health or for drugs or for drinking um i think it's all speculation still yeah it seems like it's a bit foggy and hasn't really been definitively put out exactly what she was there for but there were speculations of her 
drinking and partying a lot with mm-hmm. the likes of Paris Hilton and Lindsay Lohan. Mm-hmm. And there was the, also the speculation of her actual just mental health instability. Um, this all happens, and then her father swoops in. Uh, her father, who, based off of what they talk about in the documentary, was not involved in her life uh, very much. He was somewhat involved when she was on the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Or was it Mickey Mouse? Yeah. Yeah, was it? Yeah. Mickey Mouse oh. Clubhouse. Okay. I, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse is a cartoon, though, isn't it? I think... Mickey Mouse House? The Mickey Mouse Show. <laughs> Anyway, Mickey Mouse she and was friends. a part of a Y'all show. Y'all can Google it, when just she was like, like we will eight. up When this. she was doing her child acting, singing stuff on the show that had the word Mickey Mouse in it. Mm-hmm. Um, her father was slightly involved, but um, not very much. And then he divorced, uh, got divorced with her mother. And it seems as though her father was fairly absent until he swooped in for this conservatorship. Mm-hmm. And basically petitioned with court that she was not mentally stable enough to continue to be responsible for her own finances and her own personal life decisions, career decisions, medical decisions, Mm -hmm. etc. At this point, she has had the custody of her children taken away by her ex-husband, Kevin Federline? Federline? Sounds about right. (laughs) Something along those lines. Uh, Asshole. (laughs) I mean, I don't know very much about him. One more time? (laughs) But, uh... All this has happened. Hmm. To me, it seems as though Brittany felt as though she didn't really have another choice Mm -hmm. because she's undergoing trauma Mm -hmm. regularly through um, paparazzi harassment um, and through all of the media headlines about herself and the photos about herself she's having to see and read and through her ex-husband not allowing her access to her children. So it seems to me like she saw this conservatorship as a way for her to regain access to her kids Mm -hmm. um, and to maybe regain some protection Mm -hmm. to an extent, Mm -hmm. Um, maybe some respect uh, because she wasn't getting that on her own. so to me, it seems like all these different pressures were what led her to eventually consenting to the conservatorship. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also seems like from the beginning, she was reluctant to have her father be over the conservatorship. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and that's one thing that's like a big red flag to me. Mm-hmm is that she didn't want him to be part of it, and he wasn't part of her life before that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it seems like she was under so much pressure, there weren't really other choices. Yes, I agree with your stance on, I wouldn't call it consent, uh, because consent without all the facts is not consent. Well, and consent when you have no other choice is not consent. Exactly. I agree. And I think as someone who, yes, as someone who is not very close to her father as an adult, um, that would feel very strange to me. Which, by the way, her father has been in the documentary it talks about how he was, well, it briefly mentions how he was also in and out of rehab um, as she had uh, become more famous. And um one of the managers she worked with in New York said the only thing that she ever heard 
um, Brittany's father say is that one day she's going to buy him a boat. She's going to make a lot of money and buy me a boat. She's going to buy me a boat. I'm like, that is very interesting. And now she's probably buying him all kinds of things because she's not in control of her own finances. So it is interesting to see this dynamic mm-hmm. play out in that she she has stated that she doesn't feel safe with her father and that she actually just, she doesn't, it's been like a long process. But also what was really intriguing is that only a handful of months after this conservative conservatorship, mm-hmm. conservatorship, is that it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, took place. You it. Thank you. Um, I've practiced. Believe it. Believe it or not, um, you didn't practice. Believe. Though. Didn't practice that one. Um, but only a few months after this takes place, her career starts taking off again. She's going on tours. She's coming out with an album. She's on. America's Got Talent, like, she's doing all these things that, like, is crazy, It's a residency in L.A. Like, a residency in L.A. These are demanding, like... like she's working probably Vegas. 15... Oh, yeah, Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. sorry. Probably, like, working 15, 16-hour days. Like, the, like, it takes a lot to put together any kind of show, like, not to mention a show of that capacity and of that level. Yeah. And it's just... It's like if she's unfit to, like, manage herself and, her like, how is she handling this huge of a job? Exactly. Yeah. How does that work? Yeah. And, like, who's profiting off of her work? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, one other thing that um, I would want to note, too, is that there were even accounts of her father abusing her kids. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, like, on top of that... Like, they they mention it really briefly in the documentary that, like, that she said that he was even harmful to her kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe that her ex-husband, like, even spoke out about that. Um, but one way that I've heard the Britney Spears conservatorship framed uh, is actually as a success story of conservatorships. Mm. Because it is showing that someone who was instable and who couldn't handle themselves, once they had somebody else helping them and doing everything for them, they were huge success. And that's really hard because it's, on the one hand, you do see a direct like timeline correlation between her, she has breakdown, she has the conservatorship established, she becomes wildly successful once again. Mm-hmm. You see that timeline, and it looks like this is cause and effect here. But um, is it really cause and effect um, if she... Or, like, is it really helping her um, if she would have been able to do the same thing if she w- had just had, like, resources? Mm-hmm. Like, if she had just been able to get the therapy or Mm -hmm. the account management Mm -hmm. uh, that she needed, but that didn't take complete autonomy away from her, would she have been just as successful? Right. Like, you can have financial advisors and accountants, Mm -hmm. like, managing your estate. You can have lawyers, like, looking over certain things and, like... You can have, yeah, therapy. Yeah. I'm like, this woman has to have post-traumatic stress. Oh, like, literally. Seriously, some of that paparazzi stuff, I, like, I would be afraid for my life yes. in times. And I'm sure that she has been. Yes. Yeah. And that's scary stuff. Like, yeah. you probably wake up, you know, in cold sweats with that kind of thing. And, like, 
of course she needs support. Yeah. She's, like, doing a huge job. And on top of that, receiving, like, insane amounts of attention that are not kind. Yes. And, like, I mean, I just think, I'm like, who wouldn't think they were crazy? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you know like, what I mean? Like, with the way that she's portrayed in the media with, you know, her doing one thing here and then the media spinning a, a completely false mm-hmm. and opposite story. Like, who wouldn't think that you were crazy? Yeah. Who wouldn't think that your version of reality somehow didn't match up with the rest of the world? Absolutely. Like, I, that to me feels like, okay, it's not working. Again, you mentioned I feel like I have no other choice. Sure, I will consent to this type of thing. But it's like... Why wasn't there anyone out there telling her, no, you're not crazy. You're okay. Like, let's find tools to support you and help you instead of, like, this weird, like, we're going to take control away from you since Mm -hmm. you obviously can't manage yourself. And that, to me, is very concerning. It is concerning. Well, and back then, no one was talking about mental health. That wasn't part of the conversation. It was either you are a well-adjusted adult or you are incapable. There wasn't much in between. Yeah. And... I would like to say, like, Britney was successful after the conservativeship because of the work she put in beforehand, not because of the, in my opinion. Like, she had the the fame and had worked hard for her status and her, like, her career years before that took place. And, like, I think Britney could have sneezed and it would have been, like, people would have, like, freaked out. You know what I mean? Like... She had a dedicated fan base that she had cultivated and worked hard for and built relationship with. Um, And just because she had someone maybe pushing her, um, I don't think is why it was successful. I think it was because of who she was. Well, and anybody with a good coach and a good mentor and, like, people around you supporting you and managing the things that you don't have time to manage, like... Of course, that's going to help you be successful. But, like, it doesn't require someone to be able to make mental health decisions for you or Mm -hmm. health decisions for you or finance decisions for you, you know? Like, that's where the the line is crossed. And I think even later in the documentary, it mentions, like, this is not so much a conservatorship as it is a hybrid business model. Mm -hmm. That's what her father's lawyers say in an official document to a court. (laughs) Which is, like... Then it's not, it doesn't need to be a conservatorship if it's a business. Like, this is not, like, that's not the point of a conservatorship. Like, Mm -mm. if you're looking at this as a business model, that is a huge red flag. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure. And another thing that I actually think about with it is I can't stop thinking about her seeming like she's essentially like a puppet in this. Uh, I think about how in the documentary there's an interview with her when she's much younger uh, where she's asked if she's going to do this for the rest of her life. And she says, oh, well, I would like to to eventually settle down and have kids and have sort of like a normal life and maybe I'll just perform on the side as like like a fun thing to do. For fun. Because it was just fun. It was a hobby for her. And yeah, and it was just something that she loved to do. And so then to see her now, the fact that she works so much Mm -hmm. with having a Las Vegas residency, being a host on a um, competition singing show, uh, having new albums come out, concerts, tours. It's like, is this really what she wants? Mm -hmm. And obviously what she wanted could have changed since she was 20-something doing that interview. But it seems like uh, she 
she may not have a ton of say. Well, yeah. And she's going to do whatever's going to make her conservators Uh the most money. Well, and she also seems very devoted to her children. And all those things would take her away from her children, and that's that's what really doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and yeah, and she, yeah, like the family thing was torn out of her hands. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that doesn't mean that Brittany is like 100 percent innocent and has never done anything wrong, or like, but no. you just have to consider the context of like, like this. Anybody would be crazy. Like honestly, I watched the film and I was like, this is someone's version of hell. Like, mm-hmm. this is, like, hellish. Literally. Like, I can't even imagine just going out to Starbucks and being, like, swarmed like that. Yeah. That's scary. That's, like... I would never want to leave Right. House. Like, you, it's it's terrifying. And and then on top of that, knowing that, okay, yeah, they're going to, like, come hit me with some terrible tabloid article yeah. about me, about how awful I am. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's hell. Yeah. And no. so, like, the idea that someone can, like, live through that and somehow be... A, a fit mother and somehow like hold on to her marriage I'm like it destroyed her life yeah. and so now she's like coming back but the things that she wanted and like truly desired were like ripped out of her hands mm-hmm. and obviously now like she's got she's gotten back with her kids and in relationship and things and but it's just like to me it's just like horrific yeah and sad yeah and oh I mean, the conservatorship is, like, a whole nother level on top of that. But, I mean... Just the toll of of fame and celebrity, especially as a woman... Yes. ...is insane. Yes. Because you can't do anything right as a woman. So, as we've seen with poor Britney. You do everything right until you don't, and then we tear you back down. Yeah. Yeah. And put you... You're instantly... You're put in your place. Slashed. Yeah. One thing that I thought was fascinating was hearing about this free Britney movement yes. as it rose up <laughs> is uh, they talk in the documentary about this uh, podcast called uh, Britney's Gram. And it's these two girls just talking about posts that Britney Spears does on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And as they're reading them, they're realizing more and more that there's a lot of weird captions that she uses on her posts. And they start to connect dots and realize Within it's it's so fascinating because it's it's like a conspiracy theory. Yeah. It definitely is a conspiracy yeah. theory, but it um it's it started to gain a lot of legs mm-hmm. and um even with hints of Britney hinting that she is aware of this and mm-hmm. also with celebrities jumping on. Just recently, Miley Cyrus, while on stage in a performance, said free Britney, like mm-hmm. things like that where it's gained all this traction, but they realized that there is something happening where they feel like Britney is actually being held here against her will, mm-hmm. um, which we've already talked about how this conservatorship doesn't really seem like it is consensual. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, and she's since come out and said, I do not want this anymore. Yeah. She's in she's legal in a, battles trying yeah. to get out of it. So like, yes. that is clear now. At the time, yes. it wasn't necessarily... Exactly. Um, and so... She, it's 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 so fascinating to see all these people come with signs and uh, free Britney protesting. masks, protesting outside of the courthouse as they're doing hearings about her conservatorship and whether it will continue. Mm. Um, you see social media posts and um, all sorts of people making videos for Britney, like. Brittany, you don't deserve this, and free Brittany, and uh, we're here for you, Brittany. Mm-hmm. It's like this whole it's a movement. movement, yeah. 
Um, and it's it, it's people coming together over something that, in a way, feels like it feels like a small issue in the grand scheme of the world. Yes. Um, when I think about other things that people protest about, like and uh, the environment, or <laughs> Black, Lives Black Lives Matter, or the world Women's hunger. March. Like, those types of things, I'm like, okay, like, these are really big issues. Or people protest wars, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, these are really big things. Um, and so it's it, this is almost, like, fun to watch them do this. And I understand, like, this is a person's life we're talking about, and that is serious and that is big. Like, mm-hmm. I am not saying that it's fun for a person to be um, – living a life that doesn't involve their consent Mm -hmm. um, or to be living a life that's not the way that they would desire to um, against their will. But it's, it's like these people are coming together over their love for this, this pop star who means so much to them. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's colorful and it's uh, lots of pink. Yeah. Lots of pink. So much pink. Very much pink. Um, So cute. But yeah, it's 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 fascinating to me to see this. It's all, maybe it's that it's a breath of fresh air. Maybe to see a conspiracy theory that doesn't make me want to like curl into a ball and die. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's fun. Yeah, it's like it's one of those things where it's like if somebody was like Kelly, we got to go protest this. I would have been like, you're crazy. <laughs> no thanks. It's like that's never something I would participate in. But at the same time, it's like. Like, oh, like these people are like so passionate. And they like, care if her. I was Brittany, I would want there to be people out there protesting on my behalf. And yeah. so I think that's, I mean, in some way, it's like really like endearing and sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. So, what do you guys think? Is free, it free, free Brittany? Brittany? <laughs> Should we go? Let's go I mean, free her. Yeah. We can let's start do a it. protest right now. Right here, right now. <laughs> 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 the Woman Being Podcast Free Britney Protest. Yes. Free Britney, sponsored by Woman Being Podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sweet Britney. Our hearts go out to you for real. Yes. You might, you probably won't ever hear this, but, you know, we support you. <laughs> but, I mean, I think Free Britney. Like, hey, listen, if if she's fully of sound mind, which I think she's proven over time she is, and she does, she wants out of this get out and I feel like the court should listen to that but yeah it is interesting though because one of the lawyers that they interview in the doc says that they have never seen somebody get out of a conservatorship in Mm -hmm. their practice yep and that isn't part of what makes it feel almost insurmountable like Mm -hmm. this is such a mountain for her to climb Mm -hmm. um at the moment She's just been asking to get her father off of it because yeah. he's he's had these abusive tendencies and he's scary to her and he's not somebody that she trusts, it seems, um, and not somebody who should be in charge of her life. Um, she wants it to be over a, um, a... to have a bank do it instead. Over her finances. Yes. And then I think her, her mom, mom is now... Over her personal. Yeah. personal. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Uh, for now, they've ruled that it is both this um, bank and her father as co-conservators mm-hmm. over her conservatorship. And it's like, it's a step, but um, yeah, I think eventually we would like to see her released. Yes. We know? want to hear 
from her someday what really happened. Dear Miss Britney Spears. <laughs> Which may not be our business, but we'll see. No, yeah. that's actually I mean, something. That'd be an incredible woman being interviewed. <laughs> Britney Spears, come on our podcast. <laughs> that's actually something else I thought of is like, is this better than the paparazzi? Mm. Because it's still sort of putting her personal life right in the middle of media and yeah. in the middle of the news. And I know that there's a lot of well intent from the Free Britney movement, but part of me wonders, like, if they're completely off base, mm. if there is just no, if Britney just doesn't really even want people in her personal life like this, mm-hmm. then... Yeah, that is a whole another thing. Because when you think about it, paparazzi has kind of evolved into what is social media now with trolls. Yeah. So. It has. And, I mean, I think that she's expressed to an extent that she does appreciate the support that she's received from fans. She said uh, she appreciates the support she's received from informed uh, fans. And so Free Britney advocates have, have presumed that that means them and they're they're pushed to free her. Mm. Uh, but it's also like, who's to say Who knows? what she really means by that, you know? For sure. Mm-hmm. Just food for thought. Either way, at the end of the day, we're looking at someone who, because of her gender mm-hmm. and her sexuality, was torn down mm-hmm. by the media, by society by people who are supposed to be kind. Mm-hmm. And and we look at, like, the fruit of that and how that's affected her life, and I'm sure it's drastic and traumatic and awful. And it just makes me think twice when I criticize celebrities or, you know, or even, like, hold someone to, like, a certain level in my mind and mm-hmm. then feel disappointed when they don't measure up as, like, these are, pe- like, actual people who yeah. have lives and dreams and family members and, like, goals. And yeah. just because they've achieved some level of fame, it doesn't mean that they've entered into the promised land. No. All right, woman beings, you heard it here. Britney Spears, woman being, it's a thing. One day. <laughs> One day she will be free. One day she will be free. But you know what I would love is you to tell us your thoughts on Instagram. You can follow us, comment, like, and you can also find us on YouTube. So you can also drop us your thoughts there in the comment section. Give us a like, give us a follow, give us a review. Everything helps. So please make sure you are checking out our stuff. And what are those handles they can find, Kellyanne? At Woman Being Podcast on Instagram. (laughs) And womanbeingcommunity.com. There you go. So, ladies, thank you for being here with me today. Thank you for sharing your Britney thoughts. Thank you for having us. And you know what, woman beings? We'll see you next week with something equally interesting and exciting. Until then. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. Bye, bye, bye.